I V M. Hello and welcome to IVM Likes. Hi, I'm Naveen Narona, and with me in the studio we have a fun new uh, roster. We haven't had this combination because one of us is literally coming to the studio for the first time. That's true. That's Janam's voice you're hearing. That said, her name is Janam. Uh, let's clear that once and for all. It's yeah. not Janvi. And yeah, it's not Janvi. Okay. It's not Janam. And Janam is also not my nickname. That's a real name. It's a real yeah. name. And many songs have been sung in the in the bargain. <laughs> oh, too and, many. Uh, also with us we have Amit Doshi. Hello. And the founder and uh, father figure for all of us at IBM. Father figure. <laughs> father figure man. And uh, today, before we uh, go on to our discussion round, we'll have a quick round of recommendation. Uh, today we're discussing uh, a podcast, a documentary series, and a book. So, uh, Amit, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I wanted to tell everybody about this podcast called Coverville. Okay. Uh, Coverville is actually one of the oldest podcasts around. It's been continuously being made since 2004. So, it's been around forever. It's a really interesting idea. So what they do is uh, they uh, it's, it's a music podcast. You can listen to different songs on it. But what they do is they'll look at an artist. For example, they'll have an artist like Tom Petty or Dave Matthews Band or mm. uh, Jimi Hendrix, I think, is the latest episode. U2 is there. And what they'll do is they'll have various different people do covers of those guys. So you'll have like uh, so like you'll have a Johnny Cash cover of Tom Petty. Oh, nice. Or you'll have a uh, Stevie Nicks cover of Tom Petty, or you'll have a Green Day cover of Tom Petty, mm-hmm. or you'll have like you know all these kinds of different uh, genres, people coming at them and doing that, and then they'll also do a couple of songs where Tom Petty is covering somebody else as part of the same oh, episode. Yeah. So each episode is about eight to ten uh, songs, kind of this. It's about an hour long or so, and it's a ton of fun to listen to. You get to hear a whole bunch. It's the first place I ever heard the Johnny Cash version of Hurt. Oh, on this podcast, which became the trailer with, music for Logan. for everything. Yeah, yes, <laughs> uh, mainly Logan, which uh, used very well. Logan, uh, well, yeah. actually, I remember it best from Person of Interest. Yeah, yeah my right. first recommendation way back when. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they they did a fantastic sequence. It's, it's it's a song which is very cinematic, right? Yeah, yeah. That uh, Johnny Cash's voice and that really slow dirge kind of thing. Yeah. it really works well. But I, I I think it's a really fun podcast. They have a lot of different uh, artists that they've covered across pop rock. Uh, country, so these are all R&B. existing artists who have already been in the scene, or like? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're mostly well-known people who are. So the person whose episode it is is mostly mm. well-known. Okay, the guys who are doing covers, they have different degrees of how well you know them, Correct. right? Some of them will be fairly popular, like mm. for example, Johnny Cash doing Tom Petty or Stevie mm. Nicks doing Tom Petty. Uh, some of them will not be so well-known, right? I mean, mm. like they'll be like. Uh, well, if they were well-known bands, I probably would. Not. Arctic Monkeys and uh, well, so I mean, like Arctic Imagine Monkeys. Dragons. Well, so I mean, like that's actually those are pretty well-known. I mean, like we're talking about even more obscure, right? Oh. Uh, like so, let's. I'll read out the names of the guys covering the Jimi Hendrix one that just went out today. Robin Ford, who I've heard of, yeah. uh, the King, who I have not, Sane Salamonsen. Not heard of her. Quite an alliteration. Yes, I have not heard of her. Uh, Hazy Dreams, the Ann Wilson thing, Jackie Taylor. No, none of these I've heard of, right? Yeah. Then you have Patti Smith and Sting, who you have obviously heard yeah, of, yeah. right? Uh, Godfrey Daniel, haven't heard of them. Rara Avis, I kind of heard of them, but I don't think many people would have. Becky Bondage, who I've never heard of. Uh, another <laughs> alliteration. <laughs> Becky Bondage, yeah. Uh, Spin Doctors, who I've heard of. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, it's a it's, it's a variety. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Joan Jett. So, I mean, like, so they it's have... it's like the, one out of this that. It's just 
songs. One hour of Tom Petty covers. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and then there'll be like two songs which Tom Petty is covering of somebody else. Like, so there's nothing talking at all. In well, no, so I mean, like it's hosted by a guy. It's hosted by this guy called Brian uh, Ibot, I think. Uh, and so he he does it like you know in a DJ style kind of this, right? You know, okay. he's, he's telling you a little bit about the band that is mm. coming up, a little bit about the history, and then he just uh, runs into the song. Nice. But it is a it's a music podcast, right? I mean, cool. like if it's an hour long, out of that hour, I would say probably fifty four minutes are music. Makes sense because yeah. it's about music. It's about music. It's called Coverville. Coverville, yeah, it's a fun podcast. Check it out. All right, I'll go next. Uh, I'm also uh, recommending something music related, but this is a documentary series on Netflix called Hip Hop Evolution. Uh, it's a four parter and essentially goes to the very roots of where hip hop began. And like where in history can we put a proper marker point saying this is where East Coast rappers were born and this is where like now it went and how West Coast happened and, and all the... Uh, so basically East Coast was where New York was and they were mm-hmm. mostly rapping about poverty and they were rapping about being the coolest people in the in the neighborhood and being fly and they had colors and they had different outfits and it was mostly like, you know, just like a funk offbeat as right. hip hop. And uh, and so they basically go back to this guy called DJ Cool Herc, who used to have like block parties in his mm-hmm. house and get speakers and start sampling stuff, but which nobody did back then. So right. with, with every uh, uh, rap band or rap group they introduced, they introduced what they added to that kind of genre, mm-hmm. you know. And also while watching it, you find that a lot of people hate each other. Like in any scene <laughs> coming up, they were like, see, DM, Run DMC were, were punks, they were fakers. Okay. And somebody else like, uh, like you know, Sugar Daddy was whatever. And you know, so like, they all like calling each other out. Right. But they also, where, where respect is due, they give the credit and they really like respect. Yeah, if anybody if calls Run DMC punks, then I don't think they're giving due respect, man. No, because they're talking about the commercialization of it. Oh, like, but you know, of course, I mean, like that is a personal uh, DJ right. opinion, right? We, we uh, for example, uh, when Adidas was not even like looking out for uh, black rappers to hmm. represent their brand, they were wearing Adidas and they wrote a song called My Adidas, okay. which they sang at a concert and called a representative from Adidas to come. So they got a brand deal out of that, okay. which was obnoxious for its own in its own way, but also like for them to be ballsy enough to yeah. do that. So it's like a, it's like you, know, you get Dude, different perspectives. There on that. was no money in hip hop back then, yeah, right? So yeah. I mean, like any way you can to kind of. Figure out ways exactly. to make money doing yeah. this because you want to do this, right? And I mean, like uh, for certain artists, I think part mm. of their obligation is trying to make sure that they can continue to do it, right? I mean, like it shouldn't be something that you can do once and then and not then, be yeah. able to sustain yeah, it, right? Exactly. If you want to develop an art form, Correct. you need to be you need to put money behind it so that people can make careers doing it. Yeah. So you go into like lives of these people, like you learn about Ice T, who was not even actually a gangbanger back then, but he was the first one from the West Coast to start uh, rapping about like guns and violence and gangsters rap became a thing okay. he was not even calling it gangster rap back then and uh, he was basically one of those affiliates you know where people he was one of those like if you if you look at a rap gang group hmm. then he would be one of those uh, jesters in the group who would write and rap for them to keep them happy okay. so he doesn't get gang banged sometime you know on the streets <laughs> so that's how he used that to make his life story and then we learn about uh, the NWA and and, uh, and how people Dr. Dre came about so a very detailed look at it and it's very stylistically done as well like every time because you have to remember so many names yep. there's so many rappers and DJs introduced they do a very nice colorized uh, an animated version of that right. and as soon as they come in the song they have ever sampled or played it plays in the background okay. so you have like this visual and auditory uh, you know coming together right, of uh, right. senses and then you, you remember them better 
So I never learned a lot of these names in the start because I never knew. I just my introduction was Buster Rhymes and so forth. Well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a little older. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but still, like I go back in time, like again, Doctor Dre. Then we listen to yeah. Eminem a lot, and yeah. and now we listen to other other bands and other other singers. But to look back at at a time where there was no rap and it was like a big bang of music, and then like everybody's now doing it. So, uh, have you seen the Defiant ones? No. No, uh, that's the one with Doctor Dre and Jimmy Iovine. I've heard about this one. Yeah. No. So okay, I, I was just wondering. I mean, like, if you've seen that, then can you compare and contrast? But I guess if not, I'll check not. it out next time. We'll probably do a okay. study. So the guy who's doing it, he's also a, a rapper, and he's done the opening song. The theme, opening okay. theme itself, is so cool. Fall in love with the documentary by that only. So has he also interviewed any recent artists, or it's just no, looking it, it back at their lives? No, it stops at Dr. Dre, and then after that, like basically, you meet Ice Cube because mm. Ice Cube was there when when the West Coast rappers were coming up, and you learn about his perspective on it. And uh, he was like, when back in the NWA days, when we were like all trying to stay out of trouble, Dre would go out and like get warrants against him, and like you know when. With the police, so it was much difficult for us to operate back then. Like you know, Easy was an actual gangster. He was a gun-toting gangbanger. So the cops were always after him. So like you, <laughs> you kind of like have to laugh in perspective because he yeah. made it, right? Ice Cube made it. Ice Cube, yeah. I mean, like all NWA guys yeah, made it. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, like that was uh, they did as much as you could possibly do at that time. That time, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So cool. It's called Hip Hop Evolution. Check it out. Netflix, right? Yeah. Cool. cool. So now, Janum, you have a book for us. Tell us. Yeah. So um, the book I'm recommending is it's called uh, the subtle art of not giving a. F-. It's by uh, this guy called Mark Manson. Okay. So it's uh, it's a self help book, but it's not your regular, you know, the secret law of attraction, all of that. It's it cuts out all of that bullshit, and it's it's more in your face, you know, like a a bit of medicine. All of us. are supposed to swallow and accept about life and um, so it's it's not uh, none of it is sugar coated whatever okay. is written in the book it's nothing is sugar coated it's uh, so i was listening to akash's uh, podcast with cyrus okay. where he was saying you know kids should not be told sugar coated things in school mm, so this right. is ki- I, i feel these kind of books although like it has abusive terms and all like and all but it it these are the kind of books that should be taught in school because hmm. you know you're growing up with like when you're a kid you're like oh i can't wait to grow up i like i can't wait to you know be an adult and do all these adulty things and when you hit each adulthood you're just like what the hell is going on hmm. so um is there a nice crash course towards getting ready for life you mean yeah and uh, also most of us like generally we you know we stress out about things and we get anxious about things that we're not supposed to be giving a f- about so this the, like the title itself says uh, you know the subtle art of not giving a f- it it means you're not supposed to not give a shit about anything at all but you deserve the number of shits you give for certain things, things yeah oh, right. things that actually matter Cool. So, Interesting. so is, is it like a humorous kind of take on things, or is it more like philosophical, or what kind of? How would you describe it? Uh, so the the language which he's used and the the stories he's narrated is presented in a humorous way, okay. but uh, overall it's I wouldn't say it's humorous. You're reading the book and you reflect back on your life and your life. You reflect back on the choices you've made. Right. 
and you're like oh my god you know you you've been wrong about so many things in the past and it it talks about how we as humans collectively are so wrong about a lot of things and we will continue to be wrong right mm-hmm. but it's just that in the future what we do next will be maybe less wrong the generation to come will be less wrong than the previous generation because we generally give less of <laughs> yeah <laughs> Guys, we exactly. gotta beat this shit, man. Yeah, yeah. first appearance in Smokers <laughs> is tainted with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were giving a lot of beeps on the show. Yeah, there yeah. will be some beeps. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's okay. People like the beeps. We, might, know, let, we might let one go because we don't give. <laughs> no, we don't. We do give. Uh, we do. We do. We do. We give very much. Ship, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. All right. Uh, so that's the book. Uh, Subtle art of not giving a fudge. Just to like There you go. Yes. That's the right word. That's the right way to put it. That's yes. the right word. Cool. So we'll take a small break now and uh, well, let's let's do a roundup of the recommendation. Uh, sure. So to round up the recommendation, Amit suggested. I suggested the podcast cover well. Okay. I recommended the documentary series Hip Hop Evolution. And, and Janam. I, I recommended The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fudge <laughs> by Mark Manson. <laughs> Not quite the name, but you'll find it on Google. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a you, small yeah, break. Yeah, you put in the FU, I think you'll autocomplete correctly. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with the FU. <laughs> yep. uh, so we'll take a small break now and be back now with a discussion round. Hello and welcome back to IVM Likes. Uh, we are here despite the cyclone that's uh, blistering outside. Not really, not really blistering. It's not as worse as uh, the south of India has got it. Cyclone Okhi is okay, here. Okay. I heard it's past Bombay now. Yeah, it's so. moving yeah, towards. It's weird away. That's what I was told. Yeah. So uh, as of now, like a uh, lot of SOS alerts went out. Like mm-hmm. Google was constantly warning us from two days ago. So we all knew we had to be a little uh, ready for this. And that brings us to the uh, idea that uh, maybe now disaster films will make more sense, right? With every passing day, as in because already uh, America was hit very badly this year. The whole of Texas was underwater. And, and Texas and uh, there were two cyclones, huh? Yeah. One was in Texas. I think one was in Florida. Yeah, there was one. Uh, so, well. one with, there were two typhoons, I think. And and uh, and hurricanes. still, Geostorm, a movie <laughs> by Roland Emmerich, uh, with starring Gerard Butler, flopped in the in the movies. And uh, and you got to wonder now because this this guy has been making movies about disaster from like the nineties, right? And he's been very consistent about it, and we enjoyed that fair for a while. And well, then we got bored of it. I think you know uh, some of it is uh, so you know I mean like it's this it's the gestalt of the culture just generally right mm. I mean like in the nineties global warming was still new yeah. we didn't really understand what is what's involved in it what's going to happen with it right mm. so you saw a lot of movies like that happen at that point in time right uh, also. Uh, so I mean like you saw a bunch of things like Twister and you saw like all the Emirates movies yeah. like 2012 and not 2012 sorry The Day After Tomorrow Day After Tomorrow and uh, there was a no, Volcano also the Volcano one yeah, yeah. Uh, there were two no? there, there are always two right <laughs> there's Dante's Peak and Volcano, volcano yeah. then there is um, uh, Armageddon and uh, Deep Impact Deep Impact yeah so there are always two it's yeah, never yeah. just one correct uh, but I mean but again these I guess are disaster movies as well but I mean like uh, I, I think uh, Emirates' stick is like this whole global warming thing, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and taking to the extreme as well. Like, even yeah. if somebody wanted to believe in global warming at one point, no, but it's it, it doesn't yeah. do service to that argument. Yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. You were saying so. So basically, like, if you if you want to 
like have a proper impactful conversation about global yeah. warming you have to be like oh no like it still starts slowly with the sea levels rising and it's not like the statue of liberty is going to come <laughs> flipping over to your village and destroy your house <laughs> yeah that was a that was such a bad movie man yeah i mean like seriously such a bad movie in the course of 48 hours the entire world froze, froze I mean, that over, was just yeah. like man come on I mean, but like when I was a kid, I was like, "This is this is very beautiful, like to watch and very enchanting also because sure. London is filled with water. There's this boat that pulls in. There's wolves <laughs> and they have to fight the wolves and have to burn books. And I felt so bad for that. So it like, <laughs> so it had the makings of a good movie. Yeah. It wasn't one though. So yeah, exactly. So I think he has this uh, this rare habit of like you know, uh, the rest killed rather to to be able to. Uh, attract you with with what he's trying to portray right like even with 2012 it's like the whole world is falling apart there's uh, the ground breaking behind the car mm. of the protagonist and his family driving away from everything falling like there's cliffs and there's buildings and he's driving through that and you know it's obnoxious you know it's terrible and you would never have to deal with that in real life but it's fun to see it is so he he he's a good idea guy yeah right he's a not so great movie maker correct but like you know that overall idea the idea of What would happen if global warming got accelerated to a ridiculous yeah, degree, yeah. and people had to deal with no technology and stuff like that? That's an interesting idea, right? But uh, the way that that movie just was made was mm. just like no man. And I mean, like he does that with other things, like the the Godzilla movie that he made. Yeah. Right? That wasn't a bad idea of what a Godzilla movie should be. It was just so cartoonish yeah. that it did not really kind of do and anything. There's so much lore behind that already. Have you seen the Godzilla movie, the 99 one? The I one with Matthew must Broderick. Have watched it when I was oh, I'm sure there's about. no way that you could have missed that movie. It was on television, yeah, like <laughs> constantly. Um, have you seen a new Godzilla? Go- no, no, no I that one was really one. good. Yeah, that the one with Brian Cranston, right? Yeah, that correct. one was really good. They're trying to build on the whole uh, dark yeah. universe as well. Yeah. So uh, on on the other hand, also we have Michael Bay, who's also very closely doing movies that like you know. are about world extinction and but it's to some robot or some like you know some or other some, even the meteor right yeah. i mean like he did yeah, do the armageddon correct correct yeah but there was one movie he made called pain and gain which was very unlike him it was based on this real life story of okay. a guy who was like uh, two guys were trying to like you know swindle people into you know giving them money okay so it's basically rock it's uh, mark wahlberg and anthony mackie Oh, okay. It's a very fun fair, but then that's very unlike Michael. Yeah, Bay. that's not a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, that's not yeah. what you think of when you think of Michael Bay. You're thinking big explosions and like uh, fast cars and. But uh, is that still a believable realm for you? Like, unlike Roland Emmerich, now huh? we have uh, Michael Bay who puts all right. these things in a, in a world where we can have alien robots. It's pure fantasy, right? So pure fantasy works. I mean, like you know, the the problem is when you try and make realistic things unrealistic, mm, right? That's correct. where you lose your suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Right. Uh, but. Uh, In a fantasy movie, you're all in. Right? You just expect it to be like magic and dragons and like yeah. all kinds of wacky shit happening. And I mean, like for that, I don't really have any kind of. I, I can watch any of those. I love watching those things. I mean, that's what I watch most of the time anyway. Kulnasa Janam, what she's watching, just like staring at our faces. <laughs> so I, I mean, the I when you mentioned the 2012 ka that scene, that's mm. that's actually the only scene I do remember. Mm. And I have watched Day After Tomorrow. So I haven't watched too many disaster movies, but. I have to say I do like the dreams I have at night are like <laughs> full-fledged disaster movies, like the actual scenes from. Tell us one yeah. scene so Roland Emmerich can listen to this and pick up and make a new movie. I've actually considered waking up from my dream and writing it down, writing what I saw, because it will make like a beautiful script. Okay. I've, I've narrated these dreams to like a lot of friends, and they are like, "You should seriously pen it What's down." What's the most terrifying <laughs> thing that you can remember? 
Uh, there are there's lots actually. So there was this one dream where uh, I'm in a city which is uh, full of uh, with the, the city comprises of every city I've ever visited. So there's like there's Paris, there's Casol, there's like every place I've ever visited nice. is in one. Okay. And I am like running with like a couple of friends or something. I'm running from one place to another, and everything is falling apart and. I'm trying to like save the city and also like there are terrorists who've <laughs> planted bombs at different places so apart from the natural disasters that are happening there's okay. people terrorizing the cities mm. and I'm trying to find and like the 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 terrorists they've left clues everywhere so you have to find those clues decode them or something and <laughs> <laughs> only if you do that you're so able you to defuse have, the bomb okay so you've got uh terrorists You've got like Da Vinci Code style puzzle solving. Yeah. You've got yeah. natural disasters happening. Yeah. You've got a buddy movie because you've got friends working with you. <laughs> Clue hunt. Yeah, yeah you, yeah, you have a lot much. going on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. plus you have like Casol in Paris right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you smoke the Casol Mall and have Casol in Paris. And all these dreams I've had sober, by the way. I wasn't... <laughs> In a brain, yeah, in any way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So do write these scripts, man. I think, I do, I think yeah. we'll uh, we'll sell these like hotcakes. Sure. And uh, <laughs> so I was going to talk about the other spectrum where we have movies like Sharknado. Okay. Because uh, say like Roland takes himself away seriously. Right. Michael Bay takes himself away seriously. Yeah. Even though they're working with fantasy yeah. over here, but Sharknado is like they know they're making a fun of the genre. Right. And still, it's got like all these cringe I elements. Love the in, trash, yeah, I, I love the trash, man. Yeah, I love trash, man. The, the this kind of trashy stuff just mm. works so it's so much fun to watch, right? I mean, like Sharknado. Then uh, there's the. Wait, wait, do you know what Sharknado is? It's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. sharks a shark in a tornado. tornado. Yeah, that's so, it. So sharks spinning in a yeah, tornado. Yeah, and they come and eat you while flying. But I I like the trash version. So Sharknado is meta trash, right? I yeah, mean, like yeah. it's clearly nonsensical, right? Yeah. But I even like trash like Anaconda. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's not a true disaster movie, but it kind of is, right? I mean, like, but I even like trash like that where you got like this five hundred foot square snake who's trying to kill everybody. Yeah. I enjoy that kind of stuff, man. Did that you was... see all the movies of Anaconda? No, I saw one. There was one more afterwards. The blood orchid, karke. Okay. It's very I scary. This Sharknado that. reminds me of some Piranha movie I had seen. Oh, but Piranha. Piranha 3D. Piranha 3D. 3D. Yeah, no, yeah. sorry, Piranha 3 Double D. I'm sorry. That's what the movie was called. Yeah. I'm not joking. That's what the movie was called. Exactly. Okay. Because you see double D's on screen. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Okay. But piranhas and and boobs. Yeah. That's that, one that, of the that's pretty much, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what the movie was. Oh, and so if you want to watch piranhas and boobs, go watch this movie. That's what that movie was. So, but what about like cabin disaster movies? Like uh, Cabin in the Woods is a great example of like uh-huh. the, um, the blending world and along with like. Uh, like Cabin in the Woods Yeah So I like that So that's actually Again that, that's another genre That's not really uh, A disaster, disaster film, film right? But that's, here the stakes Are the world's end But, that's it, why it, but it's also like It's similar in many ways To like something like The Truman Show right yeah, I mean yeah. like It's that voyeurism Along with that kind of stuff Correct, So I mean right. like It's got all of those Elements built into it That's a great movie I like that movie That was a yeah. great movie Not enough people Have watched the movie And I have really? A massive grudge against that Have you watched Cabin in the Woods No See? Okay yeah. Yeah. Only the few Okay that's okay. Have you watched Olympus Has Fallen? What do you think? About Actually, that? we should think about what a disaster movie is, right? Mm. Is a disaster movie where the earth is out to screw humanity or is a disaster movie where the the earth is in peril or is a disaster movie something where 
all kinds of bad shit goes down. I mean, like, you know, what what is a disaster movie? I think, yeah, all kind of bad shit going down. So then, I mean, like, Olympus has fallen, classifies as a disaster movie? It's just one building. Yeah, but then, like, once they get White House, they can control everything else. That's the whole yeah, idea they're trying to portray, right? But, I mean, like, that's any political thriller, right? That once you get access to the nuclear codes, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, but then, like, that's what, so that gives you, uh, like, an edge, no? Like, once you want to no, no, I get that, launch bombs on people. Do you think that that should theory? qualify as a disaster movie, though? I think so. Really? I mean, like, not in the world, uh, like, suing you kind of way. Yeah, I think that, you know, a disaster movie is like, uh, I mean, like, world in peril, yeah, but world in peril, like, through direct means, right? Rather mm. than, like, you know, taking over the bombs and trying to blow up the world. I feel like that is, yeah. if, if if you go to that degree, then even uh, even a Trump documentary is a disaster movie, right? <laughs> it's a disaster in the making. Yeah, movie. no, but it's a disaster movie because you've yeah. given the nuclear coast a whack job. <laughs> so... That's true. So I think so, you mean more of mass destruction kind of. Yeah, I think like you know there needs to be uh, so there needs to be imminent danger, right? I mean yeah. like you you need to be trying to save the world from it being blown up right now. Correct. Otherwise, mm. uh, otherwise the pacing also doesn't work. Like the thing, one of the things about disaster movies is people running around like headless chickens. Yeah, there has and, to be a trade-off. Yeah, so I mean there has to be a shot of every city in the world that's getting destroyed, yes. and you have the landmarks getting destroyed. Of course. In India's Taj Mahal. Yes. Only Taj Mahal gets destroyed. Yes. Else. Uh, well. Which right now in India they'd be happy about. They'd be like, oh, now we can build a mandir over there. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they do something with that? What happened? Wasn't there some controversy over the Taj Mahal getting blown up or not getting blown up or something like that? In some movie recently. Yeah, yeah. some movie they decided not to blow up the Taj Mahal because they didn't want to insult people from yeah, India. And people yeah. got insulted about the fact that they didn't blow them up. <laughs> Make your mind filmmakers. Yeah. But uh, what else would they blow up? But yeah, I think I get your point yeah. that once you see something visibly blowing up and yeah. like people dying. Yeah, I like, think like, you know, I mean like the, the a disaster movies generally work at a really frantic pace, right? Mm. And if you're talking about something like uh, Olympus Has Fallen, right? Correct. I don't know if that has the same sense of urgency where the world is about to blow up as something like crappy as it may be something like the day after tomorrow right mm. where the world looks like it legitimately is going to be no longer existing in a few mm. days so I, I think there is a difference between those two categories yeah, correct, if you will though I don't know how you would classify them correctly or this but I do think there's a difference yeah there. there's an obvious difference yeah. but I think what happens sometimes is they get bunched very closely together yeah or it's, it's a trailer packaging usually that sells you the idea you know once this guy is in a helicopter is going to blow everything up yeah. so that kind of stuff but I think big action is always packaged the same way right yeah, whether yeah. it is something like this or even a diehard yeah that, that packaging for how the trailers work is almost always in that same genre same vein now the only recent disaster movie that like made shitloads of money was San Andreas yeah. because it had the rock fighting the earthquake I mean I, like how cool is that exactly you put the rock in anything people yeah. watch it man he'll fight anything yeah <laughs> speaking of that Jumanji is coming out which really? is uh, this is a part 2 of it and it's uh, not not a physical game now it's a video game in which four guys get sucked inside Okay. and now they are in the Jumanji jungle realm and they have to survive as these video game characters that sounds kind of interesting yeah it's interesting as yeah. a pitch but it's got Kevin I'm not Hart. sure how it will turn out though. I know because I have like way too many fond memories of the original yeah, Jumanji. Can exactly. I, do you guys know that Jumanji was a massive flop? The yeah, back when it came out, yeah. yeah. It was a massive flop. It was a major disaster. Yeah. Major disaster. And since then, it's been like everybody loves it now. Yeah. But back then, it was a major, major disaster. But uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, the new Kevin one. Hart, uh, Rock, and uh, Carrie Mulligan, I think. No. Karen Gillan, sorry, not Karen Mulligan. Oh, Karen Gillan. So she's the Doctor Who chick, man. Yeah, yeah. Karen yeah. Gillan, who's also Nebula in yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jack Black 
I think it's a ah. solid cast that way. That is good. Jack Black's always fun. Man. Yeah, he's always solid. Yeah, I enjoy almost everything I've ever seen him in. Last team up movie I enjoyed of his was Tropic Thunder. That was a good movie. It's a good movie. But, but my favorite for Jack Black, I mean, like it has nothing to do with disaster movies, but mm. I love School of Rock. Yeah, man. I've seen that movie probably thirty times. Man. It's the I best. I love that movie. So now uh, let's end this. Uh, yes. uh, we did not quite define what uh, disaster movies are. No, we did not. So tell us, uh, as listeners, what do you think defines a proper disaster movie for you? Uh, do you still watch Roland Emmerich movies? Does anybody anymore? But uh, should he stop or should he continue making movies? Yeah, he should continue. He should continue. Yeah, it's like- at least until Trump watches them and says global warming <laughs> is real. I think he should he should go on. Uh, thank you guys for joining us on the table today. Thank, thank you, Janam. Thank you. Thank you, Amit. All right. And this is IVM Like. So you can find us online, ivmpodcast.com, and uh, talk to us. Thank you so much. Bye bye.